Welcome to Oh Brother, a podcast of three brothers trying to figure it all out. With your hosts, Brandon, Colin, and Aaron. On this week's show, wearing sandals on purpose. Ahoy! Ahoy! I just found a receipt in my pocket that I need to keep. Oh no. Well, that means you haven't washed it yet, so you're good. Good. Hold on, I need to put it in my folder so I don't lose it. Okay, we're good. We're all fine. Okay. We're ready. Ha ha! <coughs> that's, that's how you run a business, friends. <laughs> right. Random, randomly find receipts in your pockets. And find go, oh, things in your pockets and go, oh, snap. Oh, that was supposed that, I, that That is important. That's important. You'd think I'd learn. You'd think I'd learn. There was a time, and there still may come a time in my life, where for some reason, given things that I was filing and paperwork that I was using and eating, I had to show proof of, like, quote-unquote, last year's tax return. Not tax returns, but um, property taxes. Yeah, that I had to show last year's property taxes, like, 17 times in one... That was obviously an exaggeration. That's really... It's really odd. <laughs> it was, yeah, and and of course it was. It was like, okay, I've got to take these. I've got to get this document, and then I have to go. I've got to put it in this file, and then I would lose it. And then someone else would be like, "Hey, well, I need to see your paid property taxes." And I'd be like, "Great, I'll go to my file." Oh, it's not. Uh, uh, so I'd have to go back to the courthouse, wait in line at the bursars, not the bursars, but whatever the people the, there. And whatever, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I had to pay them money, so it was basically the bursars. And. <laughs> get my copy and oh my gosh and uh, they were just like you know you can request this online and i'd say you know every time i try it says for me to come in because it doesn't recognize any of my information and they go oh well thanks for coming in and like, yeah i would but it's broken thanks I, really I do this frequently i say things to myself like tell myself these little lies you know like i'm gonna put it right here so i don't forget where i put it and then I think sometimes I'm too clever with myself, right? I'm like, especially at work, right? At school, I'm like, I'm going to put it in this cabinet so I can find it again. And then, like, when I need it again, I'm like, hmm, where is that? <laughs> like I just, oh, man, it is so... I do it all the time. Right? Aaron, do you lose stuff? Is that just, or is that just me and Brandon? So I've actually gotten better at keeping things organized. Whoa, uh, look at now, you here. now I have like a legit little folder thing that I have for like all my really important documents. Um, Cause I know number one, like applying to a school and like, or like just like all the forms you need for like work and stuff oh, like sure. job wise, like, Oh, you need you need W2 and like all that stuff. And it's like, that's eh, kind of a pain. So instead of having to hunt things down, I just have everything that's deemed important in just kind of one big folder uh, that I have for everything. And so I just, I just keep stuff there so I don't have to worry about it later. Aaron, and then I, I don't know, I don't know how much I'm going to have to deal with like classroom wise. Um, whenever I have to get in. So yeah, we'll see. Aaron, what are you playing? <laughs> I'm trying not to die in Mario. Ah, <laughs> Damn it. Sorry. It's hard. Yeah, it's a little bit loud. 
And I'm also okay. like, I was like intently listening to you, but obviously insanely distracted to the background sounds of like, what is that? Sorry. <laughs> Got a little it's, switch here, so it's all good. No worries. So yeah, we do. I do that with like, okay. When I say I, I obviously mean Susan. Uh, do that for like important like stuff at home, right? We have like a spot and a folder in like a you know in the closet or whatever. But like in my personal life, with just like things where I go, oh, I should remember that. And uh, I'm gonna put it right here, gone, never to be found again. <laughs> So yeah, you're not the only one that does that. It's all right. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. No. Um. Anyway, it was just I, I I have them over here to the right, and sometimes they just don't make it. That's fine, and I just have to go and find copies of them. Sometimes that's all right. Sometimes it, yeah. Sometimes I'm not. But, but. Yeah. Yeah. I um have been reading the uh, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe to the kids at that time. Uh, wow, what a <laughs> uplifting and happy bedtime story you have chosen for your children. Well, it's one of those things of like <laughs> uh, you don't remember like how long it takes to like get to the good part because you forget that in the middle of the like the beginning of the story is like way into the end of the uh, like the dark times in Narnia. Sorry, spoilers uh, for this, uh, people listening. Uh, but yeah. You yes, don't... spoilers for C.S. Lewis' seminal 70-year-old work. <laughs> I don't. Every day someone's born who hasn't seen the Flintstones. So, um, I... True. I've only read one of the books. I read... Well, I'll... we talk more about that later. You go ahead. <laughs> oh, anyway, no, and I um, have just been... Um, it's been good. Yeah, it's been a lot of very nice discussion because I, I have all these I have all these books that I want to read with my children and I'm trying to figure out obviously like being very patient to like be um, you know age appropriate stuff and not rush things so why in which wardrobe was like it's actually for ages 7 to 10 was what it was written for yeah and, and so like we're right there right like we're good yeah and, you know fine. 5 and 6 right it's yeah. <laughs> six and four <laughs> it's fine uh and so we're just we're just diving in we're reading we read one chapter a night and leave plenty of time before we you know have to go to sleep so if anything's scary or anything is concerning we can have conversations about it man uh, from what i remember about the beginning of that book they must have just been like <laughs> like it's gonna take like 70 years to get anywhere right like it's not pretty drab it's pretty it's not dry. Literally, it's not the best, uh, not the fastest clip. That's what I'll say. Uh, How many of them are there? Uh, five, six. I I legitimately don't know the answer. So I I read the first one in the fourth grade and was not interested at all, which is weird because like I like fantasy things, right? Even then. But I read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the first one, right? And was like, nope. I don't know. <laughs> there are seven. And here's, here's what's weird. There's seven, did you say? Seven. Seven. Oy. So, 
In order, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, <coughs> The Voyage at Dawn Treader, The Silver Chair, The Horse and His Boy, The Magician's Nephew, and The Last Battle. What is weird about how Narnia, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia is told is they are told from the point of view of a storyteller. And so some chapters, it'll say, and now I suppose you're wondering what's happening to Edmund while the others were talking. Well, presently, Edmund is walking across. Like, it's very, it's weird how it's told. Yeah, That's true. It'd be like if you read The Princess's Bride, but it was just Peter Sellers talking to you the whole time. Pretty much. Right? Like, pretty much. Exactly. Peter Sellers. Just, it's just me. I'm, I'm Peter Sellers. Oh, nice. It turns out. I... <laughs> Uh, hey, just one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was a very bad Columbo impression. I apologize. Nobody, I have never heard a good Columbo uh, impression. If we're just being very real, okay, um, fair enough. Yeah, and uh, so I um, I've been reading through that, and it was a, uh, it's been very good. I've been really enjoying this. Uh, we're starting to get some some parts, and also pausing and being like translating words because i know as soon as i read a word they're going to immediately ask me what it is so now i just pause and say that this and then keep reading uh, <laughs> uh well like but they were really confused for when um uh, at the beginning the white witch again spoilers uh pulls up and it says she rode upon a sled um pulled by a reindeer and i and lillian was like what's a sled like a sleigh like so then she's like well why didn't they just say sleigh because that's not the word he wanted to use. He just goes, because he's huh. Okay. C.S. Lewis. Yeah. That's not how he rolls. <laughs> exactly. So we're having, having to do that. And it's also, <laughs> I also appreciate it because it is such a, um, a crash course in like mythical creatures and lore because nothing. That's is true. Nothing is explained. Literally nothing. Nothing. Like you, you meet a fawn within like three like the second chapter third chapter uh and it's just like it is a thing and it mentions like whenever edmund comes into the castle all the creatures that he sees it, it, it just lists names right and it doesn't describe them at all there's no like <laughs> so it's like i don't know what my kids are envisioning while i'm saying these words but i'm because <laughs> i i conjure images but they don't because they don't know what any of them look like so it's been uh <laughs> that's been fascinating too of just like you again we've talked about this in world building like you get thrown into it and this would be very different it was like edmund looked at ogre and some and you know the they an ogre is the blah 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 and it was like, yeah that i mean that's horrid when they do that too though like <laughs> that's the worst when you just exposit at me like the whole time like gross don't do that it's bad writing but like the that brings up an interesting question just about like the world of C. S. Lewis, right? Like when did he write these things? Let me see. Cause like my question is did he Okay, nineteen fifties, right? I'm so nineteen fifties. Sorry, Brent. We are gonna get so many letters. Um It's fine. You said care. Peter Sellers. You meant Peter Falk. Oh yeah, I meant Peter Falk. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Just, Sorry. So stop, stop the stop the letters. Bring back your carrier pigeon. Bring it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I meant Falk. It's Peter Falk. Okay. <clears throat> My bad. Uh, as soon as I said it, I was like, "That doesn't. That's not right." 
but I couldn't think of his actual name, so I just went with it. Okay. Um, anyway, so he wrote these things in the 1950s, yes. right? So, did do you think that children in the 1950s knew about Greek mythological creatures? Because it was like a part of culture. Or do you think C.S. Lewis was an old man who knew what it was and just assumed other people would know? Or do you think he was thinking it's magical? It doesn't matter. Go. I'm just going to put this name down. <laughs> right? Because, like, a lot of times, like, when you read stuff that old people write for, like, kids, you can tell that you have, they have no idea what's happening. Mm. You know, like they're just like, assume that kids know things, but they don't, you know, <laughs> or is it just like, Oh yeah, it's magical. These are magical. It doesn't actually matter if they know what they are or not. I'm just going to use the name and go with it. <laughs> right. Like, cause it's fantasy. Blah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say that, that because I know fifty. I mean, I mean, fifty years ago. Oh no, gosh, seventy no. years ago. Yeah, oh, that was longer this, time now. This is that a man that aged uh, me real bad. I know, right? That's right. <laughs> like the seventies are. Oh, they're still thirty years ago, and then you're like, yeah, oh, right. Oh. They are. <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say that. They probably had more connection to them then, especially uh, written over in uh, great uh, English, uh, uh, you know, schoolhouses. That's true, uh, right? Like, that's also a different audience of like fifty years ago in the United States. Fifty years ago in English schoolhouses, probably, probably did know more <laughs> about about that literature. I don't know. I'm just I'm, like, that was just just a thought I had while I was pondering that. Like, yeah. Huh, I wonder if he expected them to know what that was, or if it didn't matter, or like. Okay, so like this it, last week we were watching this game show thing. I don't remember what it's called, but it was on TV, and uh, it's like uh, some new game show where like it's like a team, it's like a trivia show, but it's like a grandson, or it's like a grandchild and a grandparent together, and like they ask the kids questions that the grandparents should know and then like the other way around right so like if you were the grandkid you would only get questions that were like from the 70s through the 50s right oh interesting yeah and then like they asked the grandparents about like drake and nintendo right you know but the questions you could tell that the questions were written by people in their late 20s because they were showing like like name this portable game system and it wasn't a Nintendo Switch like Aaron is modeling for us right now oh. it was a Sony PSP oh yeah a thing that was a, a big deal in like 2010 when the writers were children <laughs> right? like yes. they're, so they're not in touch with current children things well, no, I you know it's like what the uh, they experience as a kid so i'm imagining c.s lewis just like in a british schoolhouse right like getting his hand smacked by some like cranky old lady like copying lines about greek mythological creatures 
and it, he knew all about them when he was 16 or when he was like in sixth grade. So he is imagining that sixth graders nowadays should know exactly what he knew back then too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Interesting. Aaron, do you have experience? Have you ever read any of the Chronicles of Narnia? Um, not the Chronicles of Narnia, but I definitely feel that's kind of how it is with like the Dune series. Um, sci-fi it's like oh you should clearly know what this is blah i have spent more time actually looking things up than reading the book <laughs> because it just mentions something and you're like but it's it's not anything it's it's one of those things where it's building the world but doesn't explain what else is in the world unless you've either read the other books or like the encyclopedia so i'll like a word will pop up and i'll be like well crap what does that mean and so I'm like well who are these people and so I, I've spent most of my time um, doing that. Remember, uh, I'm also the same person that hates like the great Gatsby. And so I haven't read like any of the <laughs> quote unquote exposition though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like those, those quote unquote classic novels of the only time that I Except read for the outsiders. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, yeah. Like I read the whole thing. Come on now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the only time that I truly read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was fourth grade, Mrs. Queen's class. She Dang. had the, the audiobook, and apparently some famous person was like reading it, and we were supposed to follow along. And I was like, this is kind of stupid. Like, there's a there's there's a closet, and they go in it, and then it's a different place. Like and then the movies came out, which I think Mimi took us to. And I was like, oh, that's the thing that I quote unquote read in fourth grade all those years ago. And so, like, I didn't really get it, although kind of that same trope with mystical creatures and, you know, fantasy uh, a few podcasts ago. It's like, oh, it's just another fantasy movie. Oh, it's just another fantasy book. And so I never, like, truly got into it. And like, and like, oh man, the author's like really cool. Like, oh, this is like revolutionary at the time, or blah 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 blah. So, uh, for me, I I couldn't, I never got into those kinds of books. Um, but coming across a book that was just like uber super confusing and kind of more of a droll than anything uh, was was Dune. I'm attempting to power through it as best as I can. Um, but that that's kind of the only thing that comparatively that I would have. No, that makes sense. Like it's, it's one thing I think whenever you make up your own creature for your book or whatever, like if we're talking about creature mythologies, right? So like in Dune, right. If they make up their own thing, right. Or like star Wars and like, Oh, it's this thing. Or even like, even like the wheel of time when they, you know, they're like, Oh, here's a Trollic. Like, okay, well you clearly made that up. So the fact that I don't, I don't know what it is, is fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But when you're gonna be like a centaur, a fawn, right? When you're transporting uh existing mythological creatures from one mythology into another one. Yeah. Right? I feel like it's a little I don't know. Maybe it's because I already know what that thing is. It's weirder, you yeah. know? And then the fact that they don't like talk about it is kind of odd because you're like because my brain is going, why is this Greek mythological creature in a closet in England? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I think a lot of, um, oh, I had a point. Where was I going with this? Um, crap, come back to me. Yep. 
<laughs> Again, a thing I do a lot, right? Yeah. But like when yeah, when you transport them, you know, it's like uh and there's you know, some things I I guess it depends on how it's presented to you, right? Cuz you know, sometimes when people say elf, right? If they don't give me any other context, I'm going to think one thing. But then they might be like, "Oh, actually it's this," right? I'm like because you see elves like everywhere. They've just been co-opted by everything yeah. from like Tolkien to Warcraft to Skyrim. You know, they're just everywhere and they're all different, but like you kind of know what you're getting into, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Someone says dwarf. You're like, okay, I kind of know what that is. But then like, those are like 100% made up fantasy tropes that are like accepted as modern fantasy things. And then when you're like, fawn what (laughs) yeah this is a fantasy trope from many many like 2000 years ago they just dropping down me now like what the heck so yeah this this is what got me thinking about a lot of things over the past we've been doing this i guess over a week now uh of of why um, why reading broadly and and reading um, for me, I, I really think reading fantasy uh, books is is really beneficial because it takes you not just I mean it it really does stretch you in having to imagine worlds that don't and physically cannot exist. Um, and and I I think that that's really important in part of being able to. Uh, create new ideas or uh, come up with explanations for things or give examples or tell different stories as a person and just as an individual for things. And by reading, I mean, just let's just be real. Reading is good. Like that's all we should all be reading. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Like, okay. Yeah. Woo. Didn't see that one coming, but I think it kind of depends. And I know when we were going through getting Lillian reading an interesting, obviously, you know, uh, education specialists, doctors were like, it doesn't matter what they read as long as they're reading. But I think once you get reading, I, I think it does impact you on what you read, um, not just that you're reading. And I think it is important to read broadly across genres and type and everything. Cause even I have noticed that as I've, moved away from reading as much fantasy as I used to. Um, and I read other things now it's, um, you know, I go back and I read fantasies and they're just, they kind of, they're much more impactful, at least for me. Maybe that's just because I started reading on, in fantasy book and stuck there for so long. Um, but I do think they're a very important type of literature for, for people to read. Well, I think they're good because like fantasy and sci-fi both do this thing where they <clears throat> they can tackle uh, like big modern like social questions and problems, but in like a weird way where like you don't like not not like weird, but like in an indirect type of way, you know, and it's not like a, it's not like a direct comparison. So if you read like a modern fiction novel, it's like exactly one to one of like what's the real world is like. Right. And the fantasy escapism kind of allows you to experience these same themes, but in a different setting. That's like more interesting. For sure. 
you know, and sci-fi too. I know that they all, they all, they get lumped in together, right? Anytime you go to a bookstore, there's like the sci-fi slash fantasy section, just sort of like over there. Right. And they're, they get kind of lumped in together, but they both do that. Uh, they both can do that. Well, <laughs> the problem with fantasy sometimes is that there's a lot of bad out there. And it's not like, there's not there's like just normal generic like bad every kind of genre right like i've read lots of books that are just like i don't you get to the end you're like i don't even know what this book was about i it was just a book that i read <laughs> and it was just sort of like trash throwaway book yeah and the thing about fantasy is sometimes i find that uh it's real easy to do that in fantasy because some fan, like we've talked about before, like fa- the overuse of fantasy tropes is just like so abhorrent, right? Like bleh, that it just like can really be formulaic and boring. Mm-hmm. And then you miss the point of the interesting stories that you can tell. Right. So that's, that is the big like thing to watch out for. <coughs> uh, is that because like they can do that? It's uh, you just got to be on guard, right? Got to yeah. be careful. Well, and right. I, think, <laughs> I think they can try and be too. Um, think of oh, look at the fantasy. Like, I, how am I going to say this? I, I think they they can be obtuse and in, or indirect in how they present topics and ideas. What is uh, not fun <clears throat> is whenever they're just like they follow very similar tropes or it's kind of like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Hey, look, we're talking about that guy over there, but look, it's an elf. Ah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You're just like, yeah. Well, and again, you can do it well, right? Like, sure. There's a difference, right? It just depends on the writer and the world that they create around it. You know, the, you can talk about things like racism Mm -hmm. in a fantasy novel. That is a fantasy thing, right? There's always a group that is like <clears throat> prejudiced towards a different group, right? And it's usually, but it's framed as like elves, dwarves, something like that, right? And they they kind of showcase this problem. They kind of tackle this issue uh, and get you thinking about this kind of thing in like a indirect way, right? Yeah. So you can see it's just like a, a another way to think about it, you know. And they can do that with any kind of problem, you know, <clears throat> which is, which is good fantasy. You know what I mean? Like one of the things that can make good fantasy. Other times you just need to be like stabbing a dragon. You know, it's fine. Yeah. That's fine too. You know, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Not everything has to have like this really big, deep seated. Yeah. Not meeting. No. Sometimes you just want to read a book. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> and I think that's important too. Like, uh, this is the problem that I have, right? I have gotten so like for a long time, I've just been reading like nonfiction, you know, uh, for work or whatever. And I just like certain nonfiction stories or whatever, but like, I don't read a lot of just like fiction books, mm-hmm. you know? And this is a problem that I have because then you get into the middle of this like nonfiction book, right? Let's pretend you're reading Paris 1919, six months that changed the world, right? Let's pretend you're reading that. And it's like a 500 page monstrosity about the Treaty of Versailles, you know? (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> it can be a little hard to motivate yourself to keep yeah. reading that. Right. This is a book you can read. Like nonfiction is different because you can read a chapter or two and then like walk away from it for a while, you know, cause it's like, it's, there's not a story element really. That's like contiguous. I mean, there is, they're signing the treaty, but like, you know what I mean? It's like not <laughs> so urgent. So right. It, it, trying to motivate yourself to read, uh, can be difficult. And I think that's where having a genre that's your favorite, is important because like you can fall back and just be like, I just want to read this cause it's fun and I like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it's, it's good to have that. Like, <clears throat> like you were talking about being well-rounded and reading lots of different types of books. I think if you only ever read one type of book, it gets very boring. At least it does for me. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, <clears throat> and I become unmotivated to read. Like, I just don't want to, because it's just the same thing a lot, and I'm like, whatever, blah. And so I think switching it up is uh, is good. So if you have some favorite genres, you know, <clears throat> that you can fall back on and say, oh, I just want to read just for fun, and you can pick up a fantasy book and just kind of, like, read for enjoyment, I think that's really important, right? And like you were talking about, it's about early exposure, it's about what you read as a kid, like you have these fallbacks, you know what I mean? So if you read sci-fi as a kid, if you went through a big sci-fi phase in middle school, like a lot of people do like me, uh, sometimes it's just good to go back and read it just because it's fun and you have like a connection to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did that this week. I was going to talk about this. Look at that. You just brought it up anyway, but like, that's what I did this week to help motivate myself to have all these books. Like I kind of discovered that I, my hobby is not reading; it's like book collecting, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> and is anybody? I, is anybody? No, are we really? It really shouldn't be. <laughs> oh my God, there are like twelve billion books around here, and I'm like, I need to read these, right? <gasps> oh and I have a God. bunch that are like half read because they're nonfiction. Or I have so many nonfiction books; I read like half of them, and I just like read like four books at a time, which is weird. And Susan makes fun of me, yeah, but like, <laughs> fine. fine. <laughs> In order to help motivate myself, I went back to a uh, <coughs> classic genre, mm-hmm. uh, the mystery crime genre, right? Pulling out the family tradition of mystery oh. crime novels. Okay. <laughs> yeah. oh, I dove oh into, I got, I bought this book. It was on, I bought online. I was just like looking. I was like, I need something that's like. Because my problem with reading nonfiction is my attention span. I need something that will hold my attention and keep me thinking about the book sometimes. So I was like, well, obviously, obviously it has to be crime, right? Because it's like a mystery and you're like engaged and watching it. So I bought this book. It's called The Tenant by Katrin Engberg. It's like, she's a Danish writer. So like Danish crime fiction is like a big genre, apparently. Um, So it was not Sue Grafton? Is what no, it was not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise. Uh, but yeah, that's what I, but I went the family tradition wrote of a mystery crime novel. <laughs> this is fascinating. We, um, we have some, we have getting uh, the kids into uh, also reading uh, Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys. 
And Lillian like loves loves these so much. Like we before we get before we start reading, we always recap what has happened up until the story, up until the chapter stopped at. And then we talk about what we think is going to happen in the coming chapter, which is always my favorite thing to do when you're reading those kind of book, you know, novels of like kind of starting to project ahead. And you can already tell how she's starting to pick up on some tropes or things or like doing the whole like, well, but the teacher said this thing. And so I, what if they did this thing and, and whatever? So it was, uh, it's, it's been a lot, been really cool uh, to, to do that. So have you been, uh, how, how have you been enjoying the ones that you've been reading? Uh, it's really good, right? It's really good so far. Uh, I'm about halfway through. Right? I've been splitting my time of like, I'm using it to reward myself. So I've been reading some of my nonfiction to like motivate myself. And then I read this thing right later. So uh, it's really good so far. I really like it. It's pretty interesting. Got the old twisty turny things going on here. Uh, the book basically, <laughs> if I summarize the back, uh, takes place in Denmark, right? Like I said, Danish. Uh, so who's the author again? Uh, her name is Katrin Engberg. Yes. I'm going to go with that. Uh, it's called the tenant. It's nice. It's very green. So, uh, but like, <laughs> basically, it's. I'm not going to read this whole thing. But like, there's a lady. There was a murder in this apartment building, uh, and the murder matches uh, an unpublished manuscript of this lady who's writing a crime novel. Right. So this lady that also lives in the building is writing a crime novel uh, about a murder victim and the lady in her building gets murdered in the same way as in the unpublished (laughs) manuscript of her story. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I like that. (laughs) Yeah. So it's pretty good. Right. It's a good premise to go by. That's all you need to know. Now you're in, right? You're like, okay, I'll read that. So that's what I've been doing this week. That's what I've been trying to motivate myself to be reading more, you know, not just playing Forza and racing cars, right? Trying to do some other stuff. <laughs> Aaron, what's your go-to, what's your go-to reading when you read, <clears throat> if you read? Do you hate reading? Uh, it's okay. You can, it's fine. I mean. So I know my usual go-to, and this is kind of the the worst thing, and I'm, I know I've sent you Snapchats of this, Colin, is like when I go to Barnes & Noble and it, like the history section, um, that's usually my go-to. When I was younger, I used to love reading a lot of those like sports books about like, you know, how like a coach or a certain player got to where they are and like their journey. Um, you know, sci-fi, I love, you know, Warhammer 40K. I also have a lot of Warhammer um, fantasy books um the one i have the one i'm reading now where is it uh it's king leopold's ghost about the oh that's a good uh, one right i have that one uh king leopold of belgium and the um exploitation of congolese in the um yeah the drc africa the democratic republic of congo yeah the big one and so of just kind of how like it played out and like why which is not usually talked about a lot in history. So I've been reading that because it, it's captivating to see like, like, wow, this is crazy that this happened. 
this didn't really happen that long ago. No, it did and not. So, <laughs> so that that's the crazy thing that I've that I've been reading. Um, it's more of just like, and I know typically it, my reading changes, especially when it gets closer to like school, because I'm like, oh, I got to read something you know U.S. history related. And then, like, in the summer, it's like, oh, I want to read fantasy. I want to read you know, sci-fi. And then, like, the moment, you know, July rolls around, I'm like, oh, well, history, you say. Mm, yes. Um, so my my kind of style changes depending on when when the time of, time of year is. No, I agree. I'm the same way. Like, I feel like it's hard for me to balance, like, reading for, like, work. Uh, just, you know, little things, even like papers or articles or books about the subject matter that I teach just to keep informed and keep up on stuff and like learn more so I can teach the kids better and like reading for fun. You know, it's difficult balance to strike. And that's why I went with uh, <clears throat> this genre. I pulled this genre out of the old hat because I haven't read no, one I, in a while. And so it's like, oh, yeah. I will say when I was in school, those like the certain kind of books that you, you had to like, you get a week, uh, a week to read this and then, you know, we'll discuss it. Uh, I mean, prime example, great Gatsby. I will just load that book until the day I die. Um, <laughs> if you, if you gave me a book and told me to read it, I was not going to read it. Uh-huh. I just had zero interest into whatever you think that I, whatever you think, I think that I would like um, more than likely I would not like it because it was just awful. So a lot of those times, like people are like, oh, we have to read this for points. I'm like, mm, no, that's okay. I'm not going to because your taste in book is terrible. Um, and so, yeah, I just a, a lot of those books in school, I I, I couldn't tell you, uh, um, you know, the books like the K or um, things like that. The things that like we had to read, especially for like our book you know, quotas or whatever we had. I'm like, I, I, no, I'm not going to. It's, it's, you're really bad at picking books for me. So I'm just not going to read it. Thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I have unfortunately been reading more and more, um, like business book, um, which have not been fun. So I've been trying to find the ones that aren't like, because it's such a, a terrible world of, <clears throat> of drudgery and monotony and annoying people writing books. So trying to find, <laughs> trying to find, you say, it sounds real bad. It's, I know. it's is really bad. So trying to find things that are written, like kind of that are business E, but not by someone who runs a business. I know that sounds bad, but one of the ones that I found that I'm really enjoying, it's called anti-fragile things that gain from disorder. It's actually written by a mathematician and statistician. As he looks at the world and goes, why do some things break and other things don't break, basically is his premise. And he he comes at it, and as I've been reading this, I've been going, oh, like there are a lot of biological principles that we know of why ecosystems are robust and what happens when you throw an organism into a static environment versus a turbulent environment versus something that's too turbulent and why, like, medically like your bones and your body is stronger whenever you lift weights and whenever you run and you exert and you use your body it actually does get stronger like bone density and things like that from like that disorder and um impact 
that you put on it actually strengthens it. And so now how do we take some of these principles and apply it to building things that that last and actually need and, and benefit from a little bit of chaos? Um, that's been it's been a fascinating read so far. I think this is the kind of important thing about reading broadly as well is because uh, there's lots of lessons that you can learn from stuff like that that apply to other things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not like to learn about teaching practices. You don't just need to read teaching books. Oh, oh, you know what I mean? You have to read other books and the principles that are in there cross apply. And, and, and that's really important. I think to get a broader view kind of on how things work, you know what I mean? Like, so when you read broader, uh, it can help you, you make these like cross subject connections. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you can read a book about math and statistics and then be like, Oh, Hey, that reminds me of this like biology book. Like you're talking about that I read, you know, <clears throat> or I can look at this business book. I can look at this like leadership management book. Right. Yeah. Or just like these <laughs> principles. Right. And like, I can apply that to how I organize and run my classroom. Right. Because like wow. some of these things are, uh, they cross over, <laughs> you know, there's a big crossover there. And, uh, <clears throat> so I think that's broadening out is really good for that because you make new connections and you can come up with new ideas and practices and things to do that way. Uh, that kind of make, you know, you get these like new ideas about stuff and how to do it that way. Instead of just like only one point of view from a person that is like a teacher and they just are stuck and they say, Oh, do this only. Like, hmm. Yeah. It, but it so no, that's, a, <laughs> I, that's a, a, an amazing point of, you as a person will never get any new ideas if you just read about people telling you how to do something or how they did something. Um, I, I had an advisor when I was in graduate school who she was a, uh, she studied ecosystems and community organization of how do organisms basically organize and structure themselves at a community level. So, you know, you've got populations and groups of populations make a community in a geographic region. She wanted to know how do these work in a hierarchical way and and structure themselves and kind of balance each other out. She basically spent all of her time reading like French philosophers and (laughs) and, like all sorts of stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, that's really like Voltaire is all over that, right? That's what you need to read. No, no. I think I've told you the story, but. Her entire her entire PhD dissertation when she was going through school was based on some philosopher, Greek philosopher, that says you never step in the same stream twice. And he wrote that to mean like because the stream is always moving, right? And it was like because the world is already always moving around you. And so she was like, huh, I wonder if that's statistically true. How far do you have to step in a stream before you reach a different biotic community? <laughs> so not she, very far, probably. No, not very far <laughs> at all is what she found. And like she went down to like, so she, it, it was just fascinating. It was like, yeah, that's where those amazing ideas come from <laughs> of how things are connected. But you have to be looking for those, right? You can't just sit there and, and wait for that. And, and so, you know, I know 
both of you are, are, are really big readers. When did you, when, how, how do you think that came about in, in, in your, in your life? Mm, I think, uh, I don't know. I think part of it is that, as I alluded to earlier, the family tradition of the mystery crime novel, uh, listeners, my, our, excuse me, uh, grandmother and uh, mother both were voracious readers of crime fiction. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was kind of distressing how many random paperback crime novels both of them had. Um, Like... (laughs) So I think uh, just kind of like I would say kind of being exposed to books just in general, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know that like when we were little mom and dad both like read and then that stuff. And then like I guess it's just sort of that finding something that you like to read yeah. <laughs> and then just reading more of it. I would say uh one of my early memories of being like wanting to read things is I got a hold of some boxcar children books in like the second grade. And I read like a bajillion of those things. Right. Uh, for whatever reason, I just, connected with that series of books and I really liked the sort of like mystery aspect, you know? I was kind of like mystery light, you know? The boxcar children, like whatever. But like, I just latched on to reading that and I enjoyed reading that and I just read a lot of them. You know? And I don't really know how long I did that. Uh, (laughs) Probably well, I don't really know. Second and third grade, I guess. And then in fourth grade, I remember we had to read a lot of books in school. And I, we read a lot of like, fourth grade is the the year of reading books that like scarred me for life. <laughs> right. So I read like sure. the bridge to Terabithia in fourth grade. Right. We read like Terrible the taste book. of blackberries. Right. All these books where like oh, everybody dies. Gosh. It's all like super depressing and sad. Uh, oh, <clears throat> and then like, I don't really, I think one of my friends, I think that's what happened. I think one of my friends was, uh, reading some fantasy books and I started reading those and then some like random star Wars fiction, right. In like fifth, sixth grade, I kind of got into that stuff and then kind of went from there. I don't remember reading just a whole lot in high school, just like for fun. But, like, or college, really. But then after college, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to start reading some more. And I read, like, a whole bunch of, look at my bookshelf here. We have a ton of random junk that I've read. Uh, Yeah, kind of similar stuff. Kind of adventure, thriller, crime, classic literature. And, like, kind of just kind of expanded from there. But I think that's that kind of the early exposure is just being around people that read. Just like see walking into a room and seeing somebody reading a book mm-hmm. and being like, Oh, that is an option for fun. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> I think that's probably 
kind of where my reading background kind of comes from. Sure. I don't know. Aaron, what do you think? So I know a lot for me is when I, I think like the, one of the first times that I truly like got into reading uh, was when Colin would read to me those. Uh, oh, I can't remember what books they were on the way up to South Dakota. Uh, you know, no, no, no cell phones, no, no MP3 players, no, you know, we, we definitely didn't have the CD player. And then it's kind of the whims of father music selection. So no um, music. Yeah. So no music. <laughs> um, you mean the music of the wind rushing by the windows? Yeah. Yes. We would, we would have the back seat of the Suburban like down so we could like lay out and stretch out. And Colin would read to me those little um oh, I could see the stupid face of one. It's like not a time travel book, but it's like the time warp like, trio. Time time time. Is that what it was? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And oh man. That, and then oh, I man. think you also you read something else to me. But being back in like the car for what was it, twelve hours or whatever it was, and just like sitting back there reading like like, oh, this is like super like cool and how like interesting this is and like that kind of stuff and then i know that i was also perpetuated by mimi um who like every chance we got going into springfield it's like can we, can we go to barnes and noble real quick and and i know that kind of definitely got older of like you know i definitely remember like having a lot of fun uh with this when i was younger and you know how like how cool it is like oh, i'm getting to do what I did for when I was younger. And then like the other big thing is when Colin made me read the Harry Potter book uh, before I could go see the movie of like, oh, you just watch the movie and then like reading it and like, oh, this is like way better than what we're about to see. And then I remember watching the first film and yes, it was super cool, but I was like, but like the book taught me like so much more. And like, how come I didn't, how come I didn't do that? And so I, I think that's kind of where it really started. For me, anyways, or if, if I had to like put a pinpoint on it, I think it would be, pretty, be probably about around that time. That's a good one, yeah. right? Brandon just like thrust, like threw my brain sideways at the mere mention of Time Warp Trio. Um, I have the book on my shelf right now. I'm looking at it. Oh, my. I think it's our copy from when we were kids too. It is. Is, is, it. is one of them the one that like there's a cow on it? Yeah, the good, yeah. the bad, and the goofy yeah and then and then like the first like true series that i got into that like like reading about kids that are kind of my holding on did you say hold on go ahead oh i thought you said hold on um was the uh magic treehouse series oh yeah first like yo i could like really get behind this and like where are they going to go like next week kind of thing. So yeah, time War trio. I remember Colin reading those to me and being like, it, it was more of like, yo, it was like someone who like reads this to me. Like, Oh, it's pretty dope. Um, and so, yeah, th- I think that if, if I had to put like a marker on it, it would be probably like that time period for me anyways. I'm pretty sure that the Knights of the kitchen table is genuinely one of the most hysterical yeah. and funny books that I've ever read in my entire life. <laughs> that book is hilarious. Like, <clears throat> Oh, it's so good. <clears throat> I forgot about the magic tree house. Those are pretty good books for 
kind of young kids. That's like two of Aaron's favorite things together: reading books and like history. Like, blam, combined. I, I remember, I remember the the Pompeii book. That one's good. Uh, I think I have that one in my yeah. classroom, actually. And then, like, I, <laughs> and then I, I know the one that, like, the one book that truly, um, I was like, this is the greatest book of all time when I was younger. Was a uh, Panicula. And I know we're talking about it <laughs> yes, yes, yes. here, and I'm like, yeah, this is like, do they do they have this like everywhere? Is like, is this on Oprah's bestseller list? Like, because it should be. Um, that 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 book was the um, was the one I was like, yo, like this. If it's not big, it's going to be kind of kind of thing. Turns out it is big. Like it's a big deal. It's humongous. <laughs> Sorry, I had to dive out there to go get a dog to stop arguing. Oh, I'm, I'm going to back up to the Time Warp Trio. I don't know. I To me, I have... It's one of the first mem- memories I have of reading a book and belly laughing. So, Oh, yeah. Because Legitimately. It was, it's so incredibly <clears throat> funny whenever it's the night at the kitchen table or something, whatever that is. Yeah, um, the nights at the kitchen table. Nights at the kitchen table. It's the best one, in my opinion. It, Yeah, it, it doesn't get better than that for that that four series. I That made me laugh so hard. And it was just a core memory for me of, like, of not just being exposed to books, because obviously, you know, our parents were readers. And so we had books on shelves randomly they kind of like were laying a strewn about the house um we would go to barnes and noble so we had time to like peruse and look at stuff while mom was going finding things and we would also go to the library yeah you know, yeah, I know. We, going to the library and just, just the doing, public library the uh the old brentwood public library right. is the one yes. we used to go to the most often in my memory because <laughs> it was right there it was close to dad's work uh-huh right we would stop by there, you know, and go say hi to him. The, go grocery that, shopping in the area. Well, yeah, the, there used to be a grocery store right there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, right by it. Now, that building's not even there now, I don't think. But, like, there used to be a grocery store there. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to me because that was my answer, too, of, like, why are we read? Why am I why do I a reader? Why have that connection with them? Because they were just, like, around, right? Like, <laughs> it was very much, like, the around. Yeah. We were just, encouraged. Like- <laughs> we were encouraged to go and find them and like if we picked up a book you know it was like okay like there was some discussion about buying it or not obviously but like we were encouraged to find things that interested us and they were gifted to us too like we were gifted books some of them had scrawl in the front covers that remain unlegible to this day it's true that's Um, true but (laughs) like like they were just around and i'm i'm incredibly thankful for that uh, because I I know like I have such a like I said like the Time Warp Trio like that's that's that book came out in two thousand and one and I still remember laughing. Did it really? Back and forth. Yeah. Dang. Two thousand and one. Um, I still remember belly laughing at that and just <clears throat> how hilarious that was. And then uh, everything else since then, books that make you laugh and cry or that are suspenseful and make you angry or whatever, like. They really do not just take you places of, you know, like we started talking off by talking like fantasy and sci-fi and those things, but they make you feel things as well, which is what I always take away from a book is like, how does this book make me, how do I feel while reading this book? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of the connection that you have to it, right? Like, how do I... Because that means you've connected with it in some way. Like, if you have a feeling at all, like, you're doing good, right? Like, it's, <laughs> your feeling could be like, oh, man, I don't like this at all. But it's because you... It's not like... That feeling doesn't just come from somewhere, right? right. No, I mean, nowhere. Like, it's for a reason. And you have... It's made an impact on you and connected with you somehow. Like, some books do that better than others. Right, like some books make you like laugh uproariously, and some books like are not funny at all. You know, some books are really uh, interesting and insightful, and some are just like intriguing and interesting. Right, like there's, there's a whole gambit to run here of these interesting things, and like that's what's so good about reading is like yeah. there's literally infinite possibilities of what you can read right like <laughs> depending on your mood depending on how you're feeling you know whatever but they are these like memories that you have right around books like i just had another one i remember those like <clears throat> do you remember these like we had these big hardback books about like animals or something right do you remember these things like i don't know what they're called i think they're in the closet still probably are like they- they're not the. They're not gray, are they? No, 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 no. Oh, Those are different. Gray. Yeah, that's okay. the series. It's that was mom's series. There's like fairy tales and stuff. That's that one. Uh-huh. Okay. Um. No, they were like. They're almost like uh, coffee table books. No, they were smaller than that. They were like these books. They were kind of tall. They were like skinny, but they were about like animals or something. And uh, we had uh, some of those. And dad used to read those to us, like, for the, like for bedtime or whatever. He was like, read out of them and stuff. <clears throat> I don't know what they are, but there's, I, I remember something about, there was like, a, it was like, it was like nonfiction too. It was like a pictures of like actual like raccoons and stuff. So I don't know. <gasps> like, there's a raccoon one. I feel like there's one about water animals, mm. right? Mm this mystery book series. <laughs> okay. I'm calling dad tomorrow and asking. Yeah. Like dad question. <laughs> Very important. Cause they're, they're like, there's a picture somewhere of like him reading a book to, I think it's you trying to make you take a nap and dad is napping and you're totally like looking at the books. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> backfire. Ultimate backfire of the year. Right. Like, <laughs> but i think yeah it's just that exposure that time spent of like we're just going to the library and we're just gonna like hang out at the library and look for a book and just get it right like, yeah oh going to the, this is why also the brentwood library is why in my mind when you say the word library i immediately think of brown right like just brown <laughs> Such a brown building. Imagine the most 1980s library listeners in your mind. That's it. Um, That's what it is. Was that? I'm trying to think which one that one is. Is that like the one where it's like a long? Yes. Is it kind of like very very blocky? Yes. Uh, It's the it's it's brick. No, it's off Glenstone. Sorry, Glenstone and Seminole. Seminole Uh, right right across from the um, the the cemetery. cemetery. Yeah. It's very low and long and brick, right? 
In, in, I mean, it was. I don't know what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a complete reno, not surprising. I imagine, because Springfield Public Libraries uh, did all their buildings, I think. Yeah. But this one is like a super 80s. It was super mm. 80s. They had big inside. They had these big, like, Florida, to my young mind, ceiling. They probably weren't yeah. that tall. But, like, brown and metal bookshelves. <laughs> Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Colin in there throwing fits because he can't take like seventeen books. You know, it's fine. Look, you know. Yeah, it's fine. fine. Sometimes you just have to. (laughs) Oh my gosh! There we go. Hold on. Seeing if I can find some old photos. Oh Oh. man. Anyway, I'll see if I can. Take some of those up. Hard to find old photos of things because they get put away so fast. It's true. Ah, but no one was yeah. thinking about taking a photo of the Brentwood Library in the nineties or early nineties, right? No. That's not a thing they're doing. No, no. <clears throat> oh, but, but it like, was renovated like 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 five years ago. Like it, it there were photos. Wow. Like it, no, it was done pretty pretty recently. <laughs> like in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> it's the last library that Springfield renovated. They renovated like every one of the billion that was there, <laughs> except for that one, tucked oh, away yeah. in the corner. Yeah. The renovation was completed. What, how, what did I say? Five years ago, it reopened yeah. in twenty. It was closed and then reopened in twenty seventeen. So, like, oh my gosh, man! <laughs> what I wouldn't give to go inside that brown building again. So great. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that is fascinating uh, uh i uh i really do appreciate that uh to hear your your connections to uh to books to reading and to uh how that how that's impacted you because i know that that's been something that is come and gone as i've been obviously you get busy and things come up and go but uh this it's something that i'm Lillian and Noah now like very passionate about like you will be readers and you will like it. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that's cool. We have to do another book challenge. That's what, that's what it smells yeah. like here. I have to get one that Aaron is interested in reading this time. Got to get him on board. That's what we got to do. Bookmark that. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this one. I'm not sure if you've heard about it. It's called the uh, Great uh, Gatsby. No, Aaron's favorite. I heard it's his favorite. He loves. Sign. I'm about to sign off here in a second. He loves the green light. Uh, I know. F. Scott. Cool. <laughs> we'll read a more contemporary one this next time. Yeah, more modern. I can like that at least. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Go to your library, folks. Get a book. Read it. There you go. My uh, my takeaway from this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think Susan got a library card the other day. I haven't actually ever been in Towers. They're building a new one. Yeah. Dad, Dad like, went and got a um. So there's officially a library, some branch. Oh, the uh, Webster County Library branch. Like Webster County has a branches of libraries now, man. and there's one in downtown. Uh, in downtown there, and so he went and got the kids library cards at that place uh and so uh every time we go down now they we have to stop by the library and pick aha uh-huh. so like nice 
but I oh man, I have so many memories of because we use the um Springfield Public Library system, obviously. And um like <laughs> that was how I first used the like the, their search searching databases. Um and for Oh my gosh, and this horribly old computer. Oh yes. Yeah, and what was it called? Cat? Um oh man, this is gonna drive my Cool, cool cat. Uh, was it cool cat? Or cool that cat? sounds familiar. Something that sounds like, like a thing. Where there was like an image of a cat because it was supposed to be sort of catalog, and you're supposed to go and search for different things, and you could oh access my to EBSCO the hosts. computerized card catalog. Yeah, and you could get wow. access to EBSCO host for searching papers and other files. That's true. And research stuff, and uh, yeah, man, going down <laughs> the microfiche films in the, man. They only had that at at the downtown branch. I remember that they still had those there when I was in high school. Cause my friend worked at the library Oh yeah, and they still had those monster microfilm machines I, that you could go and look at. I they have those at the Missouri state library still. Yeah. I, I remember doing one of those things for boy scouts where I had to go to the library and like find like an old news article and oh, go down we to did? like, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was for the, it was for your birthday like the newspaper for the year you were born or something like that. Oh, or, or, okay. Oh, oh my gosh. Pull a news article for what happens. Yeah. Reeling through that monster while looking at it with your eyes burning as newspapers yeah. just like scream by at a thousand miles an hour from your vision. Man. <clears throat> Things are crazy. Microfiche. Terrible. Yeah. The space that you save by making them on those little microfilms, you waste by having the machine that reads because it's humongous. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's a good point. Microfiche versus microfilm. The film true. is the roll. The fiche yeah. is the static cards of uh, images that you could put in the little. It looked like a big computer. Yeah. Computer. So I, it was the film, the big roll that you yeah. rolled through the in those machines. Yeah. Well, that I remember, like wheeling that thing. No, I, I remember those. You have to like look in those like weird like viewfinder goggle things, right? Uh-huh. Looking like the was it that little red toy? Remember that you like click the button and like show the pictures on it? it looked oh, like that. It did yeah. <clears throat> I think it's only appropriate that I insert the um, entry for what microfilm is from uh, Encyclopedia Britannica online. Uh, that that seems apropos. Yes, I, I think so. I document here in my show notes. <laughs> All <laughs> listeners under the age of 30 are going to be like, what the heck are you talking about? Oh, man, you got the CD. That's not real. You got the CD-ROM for micro for encyclopedia. Bro, the CD-ROM. <laughs> all of the world's knowledge came on a CD. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-internet, man. That's what's going on. How to <clears throat> learn how to... I, I remember having to... So when I was in high school... Uh, <clears throat> when I wrote my research papers for s- junior writing class, that's the year that we did a bunch of research papers. I think we did like two, maybe. I don't know. And then I did another one my senior. I do have these memories of going to, I had to go to the public library because uh, I was only allowed to have two internet sources. Uh huh. That was it. Uh-huh. The rest had to be books. So I have these memories of going to the public library and just like, setting up on one of those big library tables and I just had books open around me. Right? These big reference books 
right? Books about the topic or whatever I was researching, like whatever. And I had my giant stack of like note cards, you know, like <laughs> just sitting in the library with all these reference books piled on the table. I, in my mind, it was a lot. I felt like Gandalf. It was probably like four. By, but like in, in my mind, it was a lot. <laughs> Because <laughs> some of them were like non-checkoutable, you know, like the big reference books, oh, you, yeah. they, you could check like the encyclopedias and stuff like that. So you had to go there and like get all your stuff and write all your note cards and sit at the table and do all that stuff. Yeah, copy was, out the information. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you could pay to use the copy machine, but who wants to do Who's that? Doing that? Nobody's, nobody's Not me. Saga. <laughs> Sitting in the library on a Saturday afternoon, not paying for copy machine. No. <laughs> so yeah, I I have that memory as well. Mm-hmm. Like, because even in the early two thousands, the internet was not allowed. Right? It was two bad. internet sources only. How how would you know what's real? Anybody could publish. Yeah, turns out it's still hard to figure that out. Apparently. We'd have to have been yelling at people for 20 years to be careful about what you read on the internet. Yeah. Nope. Just, <laughs> that's not work. Fine. Fine. What could go wrong? But yeah, I have this memory of it. When I went to the library center, the, the new one that they had built, uh-huh. at that time it was new. The one on Campbell, you know? Yep. That is now. <laughs> it was like brand new. And I do remember that like walking in that building versus my old friend, the Brentwood Library. Uh, oh, it, seemed- it was a massive difference because it was like light in there, and like, <laughs> you could see there were windows. There were actually tables. I don't have any memory of tables in the Brentwood Library or a reference section, but I was younger and wouldn't have gone to the reference section. So, right, that's not exactly a complete memory. But like, I don't. Fair enough. I think the Brentwood and the other one is where I used to rent the or want mom to. Yeah, you could rent like the what was it the three Caballeros from the little VHS section. Possibly, like, I was, yeah, because I always wanted like one of those. Like that was the only reason because I could never find anything that I truly wanted unless it was like a magazine or something. <laughs> you know, the VHS section that always had something that I was like, oh yeah, I could totally like get this from the library. <laughs> That's true. My friend worked at the library, like I said, so he would just like borrow DVDs all the time, just like whichever, like didn't matter. Just like this one, boom. Yeah, I mean, just take it. Watch it. Okay, put it back. Take it. Watch it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. But I, I do remember that having to do the research at the actual library. It's crazy. Weird times. Right? Like not <laughs> Man, I'm going to need uh, to get a copy of the Time Warp Trio to read to the kids now. This is... You do. Man. Okay. It's good stuff. Okay. Have homework. That's uh, true. Well, I'm... I'm going to go finish off the night reading a book. I'm All right. Do that. Just, yeah. <laughs> reading before bed. Your grandmother would be proud of you. Look at that. <laughs> I was I was going to add you. Uh, you talk about having books everywhere. Um, I I have obtained an e-reader, um, and that is very bad because I am already a digital hoarder. Uh, to like, uh, like it, it's 
Um, so now it's just like <laughs> unlimited space to put all the books in the world. I will have all of them. <laughs> That's true. Now you're never going to decide what to read, right? That's the... No, no, because you're at night and you're like, I can get it. It's all connected so I can get on the Wi-Fi with it. I felt like such an old, I can get <laughs> connected to the internet. And then I can hook it up to my library card. And so I can just like browse their catalog yeah check out books from the library <laughs> forever it's like why, why would this is amazing <laughs> i love this so much <laughs> you just start with a i guess and just go down the list <laughs> right <now>. exactly <laughs> so anyway i've been kept busy there you go um, very good very good well you guys enjoy your evening don't melt this week please uh oh my gosh it's so it's, bad it's so you're never gonna believe this it's so hot. How hot I've been is wearing it? I've been wearing sandals oh like on purpose. It's so hot as outside. I can't even. <laughs> Tell you no, it's hot, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a devout tennis shoe wearer only. I'm buzzing out my sandals this week. It's so hot. I can't. <laughs> bad. Oh, it's so bad. I, I, yeah. That's why we have softball practice at 7 a.m. So we don't have to deal with the heat. Better than midnight, right? That's a good, yes. that's a good idea, though. Early morning. It's not bad in the morning. After about 10. Blah. <clears throat> yeah. Don't, don't die from heat exhaustion. It's true. And uh, we'll uh, accomplish that task, my friends. And we'll see you again next week. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Love you guys. <laughs> Love you too. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Bye.